everyone. Welcome back to Pointed Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and with me is my good friend, Chad. You know, Chad, it feels like we I just talked to you a few minutes ago. <laughs> You're breaking the fourth wall already, huh? I'm breaking kayfabe. Yeah, you are. Okay, you yeah, are, we're... But, you know, this is kind of a special episode about Black Mirror, isn't it? Yes, because, you know, I was thinking it's almost Christmas time, or at least by the time this episode drops, it's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be closer to Christmas. I, I don't know exactly when, but it's going to, this is going to be our Christmas episode. So I was thinking, what could we do for the Christmas episode? We could Not always die hard. Well, my other idea was instead of die hard, we could do the Star Wars Christmas special. Can you even I've never seen that. Is it on is it on YouTube? I've heard it, rumors that it's on YouTube. It probably is. I've seen bits and pieces of it like the Nostalgia Critic did an episode on it and again you'll see people do the occasional reviews and one of the things that someone I, I think it was a Nostalgia Critic mentioned that you know it's like okay, George Lucas the guy who said this is okay, and he shows a picture of Howard a duck, Howard the Duck, and then and said that this is okay, and shows a picture of Jar Jar Binks, thinks this is not okay because like George Lucas, this is like one of those uh, projects he's done that he would rather not think about. Right. So, yeah, he. Now, you know, I don't know. I'm I I personally I like Jar Jar Binks. Personally, I thought Howard the Duck was a pretty funny movie, but I've never seen the the Star Trek holiday. Star Trek? Did I say Star Trek? Yes, you did. It would probably be better than Star Wars anyway, but the Star <laughs> Wars holiday uh, show, I've never seen it, so I can't really comment on it, but everything I've heard is that it's horrible, and I've also heard that Bon Jovi did some of the music for Jeff that. I think it was Jefferson Starship. I'm not... Well, actually, maybe John Bon Jovi did something when he was younger for it, but I know right, Jefferson right. Starship, they did oh, a, a piece. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, it had some big names on it. It's like Art Carney was on there, and I know they had a few other celebrities, and they got the original cast members, you know, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. Um, they were all there, and... Probably the most notable thing about this, and of course, longtime Star Wars fans are going to know this you know, right away, of course, but this was actually the first time we had a chance to see Boba Fett. Oh, really? Yep, this is where Boba so had... Character, the character that everybody seems to love is from this horrible Christmas show. Yes. What can you do? Yeah, because the basic premise behind the Christmas special is that they're trying to get Chewie back to Kashyyyk in time for Life Day, which was their equivalent to Christmas somehow. But I don't know. Maybe okay, we've got another topic here. Yes, maybe next time. Maybe next Christmas we'll uh, review the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, if, we can, if you can find a copy of it, I would love to see it, and I'd love to do a review of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube. Like I said I've, I've only seen bits and pieces of it on YouTube. But, I mean, I'm, other than that, I'm sure the only place you're going to see it is the bootleg circuit. Yeah, yeah. But we're here to talk about Black Mirror's Christmas episode, which is not 
season one, episode three, but it is season two, episode four. Yep, so we're actually skipping ahead a little bit. And I remember you were saying, why are we doing it now? It's because, like, well, if we continued to, you know, if we did this, like, at our normal pace, we'd be doing this episode probably, like, in February. February. So that's kind of late to talk about Christmas because I don't know how you feel, but I do think this is appropriate as a Christmas special. Maybe. It's, okay, you got to admit... It's got more to do with Christmas than Die Hard does. Yes. Okay. That's why I said maybe. So the episode White Christmas. So it it starts with a man named Joe waking up in a cabin on Christmas Day. And he sees another guy who's in the kitchen starting to get food. And that's when you find out that it's Christmas. And, you know, the... This is what I I liked about the beginning of the episode because they set up that these guys have been at this cabin, which you're given as you know, which you're under the impression it's some kind of outpost in the middle of this Arctic yeah, wasteland. Like, they're, like they're like maybe in a mining operation or something like that. Yeah, but they're in this cabin and you know, as they start to talk, it's like they you know, Matt tries to get Joe to open up about how he got there. And I don't remember exactly. Yeah, and I don't remember the exact way he put it, but it was something like, you know, no one ends up here unless something really bad happened out there. So right away, that that I think really draws you into this episode, trying to, because again, at at this time you're like, okay, what did these people do that they're, you know, they're somehow being punished by, uh, in this, uh, you know, being forced to live in this cabin in the middle of this snowy wasteland. And, right, and I thought it was I thought it was interesting because when he when Matt said that to Joe, Joe said, "But this isn't prison. You can leave anytime you want to." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that line made me really think. Now, what I thought was not what happened or what was going on, but it made me think. So, yeah. you can continue now. Sorry to interrupt. Yep, so, you know, after they've had a few lines, it's like, yeah, Matt jokes around. It's like, you know, this is the most you've talked to me in this whole five years. And, you know, he's wondering why is he, you know, what was going on. And, you know, Matt tells him, it's Christmas. You know, we don't have to work today. And, you know, the bottle's on the table. And when they start talking, that's where Matt explains how he got sent here. It's because he was running a group where, well, actually, before we find out about this group he's running, uh, he basically is trying to help people pick up women. And they have this thing called an eye link where Matt will, uh, you know, he will establish this connection so he can communicate with the person and see what they're seeing. Let's explain that everybody in this world has what's called Z eyes which are specialized implants, I believe, in the eyes. And they carry a little thing in their hand where they can do any number of things. But one of them is this eye link. Yep. So he's working with a guy named Harry who wants to meet a woman. But he, you know, he's having problems. So what he does is he's acting as this guide. And, you know, it implies that, 
you know, before this, he, you know, told him, you know, taught him some breathing exercises to keep himself calm and, you know, taught him, taught, told him some other stuff to help him feel more confident. So he, he goes to a Christmas office party and he meets a couple of attractive women there. And he tells him this story that, uh, you know, Harry tells him this story that Matt mentioned about, you know, okay, this like icebreaker. He's like, yeah, did you see there was a guy, you know, he was out riding a horse down the street shirtless and, you know, had a bow and an arrow. And it's like, he must have, you know, must have been, you know, must have lost some bet. Right. So during this part, you know, so at this, again, people are, you know, doing what people do at parties, just kind of talking. And eventually he gets, uh, he makes contact with uh, the woman, Jennifer, the one that, you know, he's interested in. And, you know, they start talking. And what was you, what were your impressions when you f- started to find out a little bit more about Jennifer at this point in the episode? Um, I don't know. She was really confusing to me up until the point where she excuses herself to go to the bathroom and then comes back and hears him talking to Matt through the eye link. And then I got even more confused because then she's like, let's go back to my place. And you get the obvious tones that they're going back to her place to do things. Yeah. And it was kind of funny how Matt was trying to correct Harry. Cause like Jennifer's like, you know, saying how, Oh, I used to be on, you know, I, I, you know, I was taking drugs and he's like, you know, oh, I wish I had some drugs. He's like, and Matt's like, no, you don't. No, I don't. And just kidding. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've got these, you know, these voices. It's like, some of them are saying, you know, do it. And others are saying, don't do it. And, you know, she's like, well, which ones do you listen to? It's like, well, you know, the ones that say do it and how, you know, they're, it's like when you're trying to jump into a pool, you know, you're getting ready to to brace yourself for the shock, but then you realize it's just a change of state. So right. at this point, that's where you find out that Matt has these other people that are also watching. Creepy, right? Yes. So there were, uh, you know, there were several other guys that were watching there. And um, so they're, they get really excited when she offers to take Harry back to her apartment because, you know, they think that they're going to have sex. And he was, one of the guys was saying, it's like you're getting the season finale in the first episode. Yeah, like like these have happened before and it's taken time. But like these are the subscribers and they're like kind of like not exactly not exactly telling Matt what they want to happen next, but kind of putting their two cents worth in there. Because the one guy that was funny to me, he's like, do I get to see boobies? Because if I don't see boobies, I want a, I want a discount. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, it was one of those things where she starts in on the voices, and that's where you kind of thought, okay, she's not okay. But my first thought was, oh, she's some sort of a sex addict who just, you know, she's like, oh, I found a a person like me and we're going to go back and do this thing. And of course I thought it was going to be British TV again, where they go a lot further on TV than we do in America for a lot less rating. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, so they go back to her place and she doesn't she doesn't dick around or nothing because she's just like, what, what what are you doing? And he's like, oh, just uh, you know, I didn't want to be presumptuous. And she's like, get in the bedroom. And of course, then your mind goes, you know, your mind as well as everybody else that's sitting there watching this is like, okay, this is gonna happen. This is what's going on, and get ready for this because here we go. Yep. And that's hey. when, you know, so okay, so they he's sitting on her bed. And she comes in with two glasses, you know, two of, looks like orange juice, but. Eh, kind of grapefruit juice, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, they start drinking, and, you know, when he drinks it, he's obviously something's wrong. You know, he's like, what's in this? And, right. you know, that's when he realized to this horror that, you know, she wants to kill them both. And, you know, because she had put the drugs in the drink so they could both overdose. And. You know, when they die, of course, Matt's in a panic and he's telling everyone, you know, okay, delete everything and he can, he's going to try right. to destroy this stuff. Um, but while he is trying to take some of the stuff out to dispose of it, well, some of his kids' toys are lying out in the hallway. And of course, they're the, you know, the, the noisy kind. Well, so aren't all kids' toys noisy? A lot of them. Not all of them, but. <laughs> so. His wife finds out what he was doing and she blocks him. And the so what happens is in this this world here, when you block someone, like if okay, we've got these implants, so you know, I can see you, but if I yep. block you, then all I would see around you is just this gray blob. And, and that's all I would see of you as well. Yep, and then our talking would be like <laughs> Right. So yep. essentially, you know, that's how you really cut someone out of your life is you just block them like this, where, again, you can no longer he talk to them. You can't hear what they're saying, which I don't nah, technology wise. I don't know if that necessarily would be such a good idea in real life. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think it was trying to explore the idea of trying to get rid of somebody even if you don't want to be gotten rid of kind of okay. thing it's kind of what i took it as it, as it was exploring that like you know a lot of times i mean i'm sure we both know people who are divorced and a lot of times that acts as somebody you don't really want to interact with now does that mean that it doesn't happen no but this would be one way it couldn't happen you know what i mean mm-hmm so after he's done telling that story, the, I, I thought I got a little chuckle out of this. Matt was trying to get him Joe to guess what he does for his day job. He's like, "Right, are you a real spiritual guru?" He's like, "I'm decidedly not a spiritual guru." And he's like, <laughs> "A used car salesman?" He's like, "Please." And that's where we find out what Matt does for his day job, and. It starts out, there's this woman, she's going in for a surgery. And this part actually kind of freaked me out. I wasn't really sure what was happening. You know, she goes in for the surgery and then there she's, she's like, wait, it's dark. How come I can't see anything? And then it's like, she gets pulled out of her head and she's like, that's my body. Why are, why, why are they taking out of me out of my body? And I was wondering. Right. She, had just, she had just gotten done saying how they told her it was a, it was a, 
you know, routine procedure. There was no danger. She'd just be out for a little while. And then you see all this and you're like, how'd they kill her? That was my first thought. Yeah, mine too. It's and, like, okay. What's is... that got to do with this? Yeah, and that's what, that's what, uh, that's what I was actually thinking too. It's like, okay, was Matt part of some sort of, um, you know, was there some sort of organization where they would take people's souls out of their body, like their consciousness out of their body and put them in these little devices so they could put someone else in there, kind of like an invasion of the body snatchers kind of thing? I suppose, yeah, okay. We find out, fortunately, it's nothing quite that sinister. Instead, the woman, Greta, she had under, undergone a surgery to get a cookie made of her. So a cookie is basically a digital clone of your consciousness. It thinks yeah. like you. It likes the same things you do. It dislikes the same things you do. And we find out that, and I actually kind of liked this scene and how it was played out, because we find out that Matt's job is he breaks, Programs. yes, he breaks these cookies in. Because when Greta's cookie wakes up, she doesn't know where she is. She doesn't understand what's happening. And he's trying to explain to her that, you know, you're, it's like, okay, well, if uh, it gets too, you know, you're in charge of the house. You know, if they're, you know, in like, for example, if uh, making the toast and, you know, if uh, the refrigerator, you know, you monitor the food. And if there's, you know, getting low on food, you order more. And, of course, she doesn't want to do it. So he's like, okay, you don't want to do it? Try doing nothing for, I think he started her out at three weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, something like that. Because, oh, again, three this, weeks, sure. 21 yeah. days. Because the cookie, again, the cookie thinks that she's a real person. And so it's like he then does this thing where, even though it's just a, a few seconds for him, it makes Greta's cookie feel like she just sat in this room doing nothing for three weeks and when that didn't work then he did it to six months and he's like i couldn't even sleep and he's like you don't need, you don't sleep. need sleep yeah he was trying to explain that you know you're just a digital copy and eventually he does manage to uh break her down so that um you know she's again because she's bored just as a cookie, she doesn't mind. Do, she'll do this stuff because it's something to do. Because again, it's she better was, than doing nothing. Yeah, and he was saying that it was this delicate art because if you, you know, you can't do too much. Otherwise, as he put it, they wig out, and then all you can do is just sell them as you know cheap as NPCs for some online war game. Right. So that brings up another issue which I'd like to talk about later. And again, this is one of the reasons I really like this episode is because it does bring up some interesting, thought-provoking questions. So when it gets back to the real world, Joe is somewhat disturbed about what he does and asks, well, how could you do that to another, you know, another sentient thing? And, and Matt's pretty much like, but it's not. It's just a, it's just a computer program. Exactly. You know, no different than telling, uh, I guess you could, he didn't, they didn't say this in the episode, of course, but I guess his opinion is like, it's no different than, let's say you were playing Super Mario Brothers and having Mario fall down a pit. You know, right. okay, that digital character died, but no one really died or got hurt, so what's the big deal? Right, because 
in making this cookie, they don't remove anything from the real world Greta. She still has all her memories in there. And this is just a copy of that, a digital, you know, it's a bunch of ones and zeros that equal the way Greta thinks. So then we start to see Joe open up where he's talking about how he got stuck in this place. And he talks about his girlfriend, Beth, and how they were out having dinner with some friends and, you know, they were doing karaoke and uh, Joe was doing some horrible rendition of, I don't know the name of the song, but I know it's an actual real song. I was listening to, to it too. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, oh, this hurts. This guy should not be singing even karaoke. I mean, there's a level of what you'll put up with for karaoke, and this was below that. But they were having fun, so. But I don't know the name of the song either, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And then Beth starts singing. And did you recognize the song that Beth was singing? I recognized it, but I couldn't put a title to it. It was the same song that we just heard in the 15 Million Merits episode. Okay. Okay. That song and, will... You know, as that say, song will probably... Because I, I remember, too, at one point, Joe's watching TV. Or not Joe. Yeah, Joe's watching TV. And he's flipping through the channels, and you saw Top Shot. Hot Shots, yeah. So, hot Shots on one pages. Yeah, you'll see. So. That's one of the things I like about this episode, and it's kind of fun watching it, is you'll see little snippets, like things, or uh, stuff from other episodes appearing here and there. So, but anyways, so we, after dinner's over uh, and they're done with their, you know, hanging out with their friends, you know, that later that night, Joe's taking out some garbage and it spills and he sees there's a positive pregnancy test. And, you know, we, they have this argument because Joe wants to keep the child, but Beth doesn't. Correct. So after uh, Joe gets angry and throws a, a vase against the wall, she blocks him. And again, they then just breaks up with him. And because he's still blocked at this time, he has no way of tracking her down, which is probably for the best in this case. But eventually he does find her again and finds out she's still pregnant. And then, right. uh, but what happens is, you know, a bystander calls the police. And because of, you know, his, because of what happens, you know, they thought that she he was going to threaten her. Again, the, the legal block is enforced, which means that Beth's child, uh, you know, presumably his child, can't, uh, you know, can't be seen either. Is blocked as well, yeah. yeah. So then, this is where things get kind of creepy, because Joe becomes a stalker. Yeah, and yes he does. he tries, you know, observing, you know, the Beth and her child from as far away as he can, uh, without getting caught. And he knows that... He can't because... There's there was like a 30 meter distance, and if he got within that 30 meters, he'd be arrested immediately. Mm -hmm. So he knows that she has this ritual where she goes to the cabin every Christmas, and this is why I think yes, it is appropriate as a Christmas episode. You know, she okay. goes to spend Christmas with her dad, and then the uh, after a few years, a few years pass, like three four years. He, Joe finds out that Beth has died in a train accident. And because she died, you know, he could now see her pictures of her again. And again, this was another one of those things that was kind of 
uh, freaky about the way this technology worked is, like, let's say that he was looking at old pictures of her. Because of this block, he would still see the, you know, the gray silhouettes instead of seeing her. So right. it's, again, you can't even have your memories of that person. But since she's dead now, again, the block uh, is lifted so he now can go see his child. And when he goes to see her, you know, approaches her trying to say that he's her dad, he turns around and finds out that the child is actually Asian. Right. And the the real father was one of his friends that they were having dinner with earlier in the episode. So he goes in to confront Joe um, to confront Beth's father, and that's where things turn violent. And he ends up because uh, he brought a snow globe as a gift for her and for the, the the child. But he goes up and he you know he he hits her on the he hits uh, Beth's dad on the head, which which kills him. Is it just me, or was that the easiest person to kill ever? We don't know what I mean, was in a... that. <laughs> we don't know what it was in that uh, that uh, snow globe. I know, but he hit him once, and he just died. He was an old man. He was an old man, and I suppose that's possible, but to me, I'm just like... And it kept the amount of violence down, so yeah. I give them credit for that. But at the same time, it's like, really, would that kill somebody? I suppose it could. I mean, we really don't know how hard he hit him or whatever, but anyway, sorry, that was one of the things that bugged me about this episode. So a couple days pass, and Beth realizes that they uh, that no one's going to come to help. They mentioned well, boxing. The daughter. Yeah. Do we ever find yeah, out the daughter's right. name? I don't think Beth they give. Better. I don't think they ever talk about her other as than as Beth's daughter or the child or no, it was May because yeah. Grandpa called her May. Okay. And because they mentioned that a couple of days pass and it's now Boxing Day, which I don't know what is Boxing Day anyway. I mean, I know it's a British holiday, but I that falls a little bit after Christmas, but I don't know exactly. Yeah. Um. Give me a second. I looked that up once, but I don't remember. Keep talking and I will come back to Boxing Day. Okay. So then what happens is uh, from here it cuts back into the house because Joe has pretty much said that he... Um, you know, that he killed Beth's dad. And inadvertently, he was also responsible for the daughter's death because she was a small child and she tried walking out into this storm alone. Well, that's when, again, it, uh, Joe realizes that they're in Beth's father's house. And uh, Matt's like, so you confess? And he confesses that he did. He's like, boom, told you I could do it. And he leaves the program, and you find out that both Matt and Joe, in this case, were cookies. And uh, what Matt had did is he used, you know, he used the manipulation um, to make it seem like he'd been there for five years. So did you find right. out what Boxing Day is? I did. Is that where, like, British people, Chad? Boxing Day, wait. Is that where British people go out with boxing gloves and they punch each other? No, they actually put a bunch of stuff in boxes and tape it. No. So, <laughs> Boxing Day, it's a um, it's an annual uh, celebration on the 26th of December. Um, for the layperson, it's just a bank holiday. Nothing more exciting than that. 
Um, in the liturgical calendar of Western Christianity, Boxing Day is the second day of Christmas tide, and also St. Stephen's Day. That's it. That, I mean, there's nothing so really that. There's no real like boxing. Brit, uh, British people don't celebrate Boxing Day by going out in the streets and punching each other. They play rugby, football, and cricket. Well, rugby it can get pretty rough. Yeah, so in soccer or okay. football as they call it. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, so that's when uh, Matt tells the they, they, when it cuts back to the real world this time, the real real world. Uh, they find out that Matt is in the police department and he used it to get a confession out of Joe. And uh, by the, doing so, he gets leniency for his own crimes of uh, the first story. Um, and he's able to leave. He's no longer jailed, but they block everybody outside yep. of the everybody outside of the police station is blocked. Yep. Except he appears red, so people right, know to avoid him. Correct. Yeah, it was really kind of weird. But so, you know, most you thought, you think about that, it's like that would be almost a punishment worse than death because you literally can't interact with anybody. I'd rather stay in prison and serve my time that way. Yeah. And so then it cuts back to the cookie version of Joel, where the song is playing. I wish it could be Christmas every day, which is what was playing when he killed um, Beth's dad. And right. even though he tries to destroy the the radio, it keeps reforming and playing that song a little bit a loud, little louder each time. Now, one of the th I like how they end the episode where they're playing that song and it keeps zooming back and out, and it's like that infinite loop where, uh, again, it keeps zooming out and showing him all curled up crying in the in the cabin. Right. So well, first he tries to break the radio, and another radio appears, and it's a little bit louder. So he breaks that radio, and it's a loop. Every time he breaks the radio, it gets a little bit louder. And then did you notice that um, just before the officers left for the holiday, he was he was setting them up to be basically in this place with this song going, his cookie, for a thousand years? Yep, a thousand years per minute. So for every right. minute, felt like a thousand years to him. Right. And that now, seems a bit harsh. They, they, the, it's not a bit harsh. That's really harsh. Yes. That is that is downright. That I would consider cruel and unusual. See, and here's what, and this is, I know we were talking a little bit about this when we were hanging out at New Game of Palooza. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that I like about this episode is how it gets you to think about what if this does happen where, like, okay, you got Joe and Joe's cookie. Joe's cookie confessed to the murder. Well, he now he's based on a copy of the guy who really committed the murder, but does that necessarily mean that he's guilty and that Joe's cookie deserves to be punished? And does does punishing the cookie do anything? Yep, and then we you know how is that? I mean, would would a, a confession by a cookie would that be allowed in a court of law? Now, I'm getting no legal expert, but I think usually in court cases, isn't it that some that 
you can't just go and introduce like some new form of um, evidence gathering or testimony gathering, whatever. It has to have a precedent. True, but in this world, it seems like it, it does. It seems like this is something in this version of the world that is an everyday occurrence. Like, Matt's job as a programmer for these cookies to, you know, run your house for you seems like something that they do a lot of. So... We can talk about precedent and that kind of thing, but I think they do enough in this episode to show that, yes, that precedent precedent has probably been been through the courts and is okay. Yeah. Because at one point, after Joe confesses, she walks over to, the, to the, the cell where Joe is, opens up the thing and says, thank you for your confession, you know, and it doesn't matter that you won't talk to us, your cookie talked to us. And I'm like, okay, but now my question is, okay, so there's a thousand years for every minute that his cookie is there. Maybe the punishment is after X amount of time, whatever his, his uh, amount of time as a criminal, you know, whatever his jail time is, maybe they take that cookie and replant it in his head so he has all the memories of that cookie. Because otherwise... Otherwise, there's no point to punishing the cookie. Yeah, and that's, again, and that's the only thing that really bothered me about this episode. But it, like I said, it did get me to think, since that cookie technically didn't murder uh, Beth's dad, how could he really be held liable and punished for something that it technically didn't do? He's just a digitalized memory. It's not an entity, though. Exactly. That's why I'm it's wondering. It's like... Yeah, exactly. It's a computer program. I mean, if, um, you know, like, okay, let's just go back to talking about Super Mario Brothers again. Okay. So if uh, that, that Bowser character in that video game I'm playing, you know, kills that Mario character I'm playing, is that, you know, can can we really hold... Uh, okay, maybe that's not a good idea, but I think you know what I'm saying. It's like, you yeah, know, could, can you hold a digital... You know, okay, does that mean we have to take that digital version of Bowser and put him in prison for thousands and thousands of years? You know, can well, we really... The... Oh, go ahead. Here's the thing. Here's the thing as I see it, is I get what you're saying, but at the same time, that cookie is a computer program. It's no different than me playing Civilization and going and saying, okay... I want you to jump forward based on the way I'm playing this game a thousand years, and then I'm going to start playing there again. Because you can do that. And it's no different than that because it's a program. Mm -hmm. Now, if they don't do anything else with the cookie, if the cookie is the only thing that gets punished, then it just seems pointless. So my thought is they do this with this cookie. They implant the thoughts back into his head so that he knows what the punishment has been, and then the cookie is no more. They wipe that cookie and they go on to the next one. But if you're, yeah, and then if you delete a cookie, though, is that like giving the cookie the death penalty? No, because it's a program. <laughs> so I know what you're trying to do here, and I get what you're saying, and I understand your your argument, but it's a computer program. It's not AI, not really. You know, it's not 
Um, well, I guess it is kind of AI, but it's not. I, it would be the same as saying, is it a crime to turn off a robot? Even if it has AI. It's I don't know. Still, it's still a program inside of a shell. Well, but you can always turn the you can always turn the robot back on though. You could. I mean, I but know when. What if, you turn off, what if you turn off the robot and then you stick a big old magnet to the side of its head and you turn it back on? It's just an empty shell. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I get what you're saying, and if it were reality or if it becomes reality at some point, those will be the questions that need to be answered. No question about that. But. From an entertainment standpoint, I think they've already decided that they've went through all of those steps, and this is the way they do it. Okay. Human rights for cookies. Put that idea in the back of your head, Chad. Oh, this is coming back around, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, so hopefully, Chad, that you'll come back around and you'll do more episodes with me. But if people want to hear you talk when you're not talking to me, or at least hopefully you're talking to the real me and not a virtual me, because for all you know, we could actually be cookies of the real Alan Chad. So you're going to try that angle. Well, isn't it like Elon Musk said something that he thinks we're living in a computer simulation? Yeah, but Elon Musk is insane. He's (laughs) brilliant, but he's insane. So, and actually, you know, one uh, interesting theory I heard about the Matrix is that the robots were, or the machines really weren't using people as batteries like they intended because the human body doesn't produce as much enough energy to really, you know, power all those machines. But maybe they were actually using the collective human consciousness as a processing unit, as a computer. It's possible. Well, I mean, yeah. So anyway, people can. Find me <laughs> at eclecticmediaproject.com, where we um, have a website. We have everything we do out, out there. We do podcasts. We have an artist alley. We have a writer's corner um, where people can submit things to us, and we'll go ahead and get those published out as long as they fall within the guidelines and rules of Eclectic Media Project. Um, You can find us at uh, Podbean and iTunes as Eclectic Media Project. And you can find us um, on Facebook as Eclectic Media Project. So there's a lot of ways to find us. And, um, oh, if you want to email us, you can email us at eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com. So I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks again for joining me, Chad. Uh, Everyone out there, thanks for tuning in and listening. And Have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and we'll catch you next time. It was a dark and stormy night, and the hosts of the Queens of the Damned podcast had just gathered around the fire with their tomes of forgotten lore. Don't forget the wine! And a lot of wine, much of which had already been imbibed. For her part, Miranda was discussing A history of Frankenstein, from its conception to Karloff's beloved role as the monster. And Rachel would continue with Vincent Price. Like, everything about Vincent Price. And as the fire died down, 
Nikki would conclude the evening with something related to gothic literature, probably. You know me so well. Do you like listening to three women debate about the cultural significance of the horror genre? And also axe murders. I do love a good old-timey axe murder story. Then Queens of the Damned, a horror podcast, is the show for you. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere you can download a podcast. Visit us at queensofthedamnedpodcast.wordpress.com, qotdpodcast.podbean.com, or email us at qotdpodcast at gmail.com for more details about our monthly horror giveaways. Stay spooky. So, Chad, do you think that episode was uh, had more to do with Christmas and is a better Christmas special than Die Hard is? More to do with Christmas, yes. Better than Die Hard. Well, see, I like Die Hard. Um, was it a better Christmas? Yes, it was better Christmas than Die Hard. Die Hard is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's a Christmas movie. Okay, we'll leave it, even though we've talked, we've had this discussion before, Chad, but we'll leave it at that. So, again, uh, so hope you all out there have a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Yule, Happy Winter Solstice, whatever you celebrate for your holiday, or hey, if you don't celebrate anything at all, really, uh, just hope you have a good day and... Get out there, uh, have some eggnog, have some Christmas cookies, and sit down with a classic Christmas movie like Die Hard. Asshole. (laughs) You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.